Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 59, 7th Heaven. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm again without Jack. He missed Norwich. He was playing football. He did win 4-2 and he did bag two assists. Joined by Jam, good friend of the pod, Carefree Jam. Jam, how are we doing to sir? Yeah, yeah, all good, mate. But you've you've just mentioned football there. I, I lost today, unfortunately. Scored two goals, but lost 3-2 again. So it's quite painful for my team, my Sunday team. But other than that, absolutely buzzing, you know. The world of football in terms of Chelsea's absolutely brilliant. That's what we're here to discuss. Yes, it is indeed. Now, obviously, like I do with all guests, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, Jan, why don't you tell people where they can find you on Twitter? Obviously, you know, all your content you're putting out and your work, you know, et cetera, with the Chelsea social. Yes, my friend. So, um, in terms of my own personal socials, um, at free care, oh, well, at free care, <laughs> at carefree, <laughs> at carefree underscore jam on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok these days as well. So um, on those three sites, it's the same at carefree underscore jam. And uh, obviously still one of the co-owners of the Chelsea social. So at the Chelsea social um, and also the Chelsea women's page at the CFCW social too. So please do check them out. Yeah, make sure, you, I mean, if you're not following Jam on Twitter, then I don't know what you're doing. He's one of the most charismatic guys out there. And as I say, the work for Chelsea Social do it. Also, the Chelsea women's uh, social page do as well. Is really, really good getting a lot of coverage out there for both teams. Right, Jam, you know, you, you got you got your act confused at the start there, yeah. you know. And, I, you know, maybe maybe it's cause you, maybe it's because <laughs> you were in a box, you know, watching us beat Malmo um, on on. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday night? At least Wednesday night. Um, first, obviously, just, you know, I guess that's where we've got to start this week. Malmo, 
weren't great side, but just, you know, your quick thoughts on, on the game, what stood out to you? Yeah, I think um, Malmo, I mean, they, they weren't great. Their fans were great, though. Big yeah. up the Malmo fans. Uh, you know, they were noisy throughout. They obviously travelled from, I mean, I'm not going to say it's very far away, but, you know, they travelled, so fair play. Um, we had complete control of the game. That that's I mean to say one thing that stood out to me is probably that, um, and unfortunate injuries that we got you know for Timo Werner and Romelu Lukaku, that's a bit peak. But you know we're gonna have to make use of our big squad, and Tuchel is very good at that. So I'm not really too worried necessarily, but that's a, obviously that's a downer. I like the goals. I thought they were taken quite well, and it was just a standard win. It was it was what was expected. I think we did what was expected despite the setbacks and the two injuries. So yeah, I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. I think, like I said, Malmo aren't the best of teams. So it is what it is. It's a W and that's what we needed. Yeah, exactly. Got our Champions League campaign back on track. Obviously, Andreas Christensen with his first Chelsea goal. Lovely finish as well for that first mm. Chelsea goal. My bad. My bad. How could I forget the great Dane? Great finish. It's so good to see him score as well because Denmark have got a, a bit of a rivalry with, um, well, with Sweden. A lot of Scandinavian countries have that rivalry, a bit like England, Scotland, all of that. Malmo actually isn't very far away from uh, Copenhagen, I believe. Now, I don't know where Christensen's from, but there's a there's a bit of a rivalry with Malmo as it is, like Denmark, Malmo, like it's really close. So um, it's like a twenty minute train journey or something silly like that. So um, yeah, he would have loved that goal to be his first Chelsea goal. He would have absolutely loved that. Yeah, it was a top, top finish. Obviously, Jorginho, a couple of nicely taken pens in there as well. And Kai Havertz off the mark. And I'm still yet to see Kai Havertz score live in flesh because I was in Westview in the bar area chatting to one of the Jack's mates. So I missed the start of the second half and I missed Kai's goal. Shout out to Jay Arvo, top, top, top guy. Um, but yeah, that's unfortunate. Missed Kai's goal. But, you know, it's nicely taken finished. And Callum Hudson, obviously, had come on. Uh, due to the injuries and you know he took his chance so that was nice it was a comfortable 4-0 win it was a good day for Chelsea I mean Mendy didn't have a shot to make Rudiger had his annual shot but went miles over the bar so you know it was it was just a nice comfortable day out and at that point it was our biggest win under Thomas Tuchel at that point at that point until Saturday (laughs) where we played Norwich and we were in seventh heaven as we won 7-0, it was the 18th time Chelsea scored six-plus goals in a Premier League match more than any other side in the competition's history. Thought Liverpool might, you know, threaten that today. Not quite. United. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was nice. Chelsea scores good goals. Mason Mount became the 20th different player to score a Premier League hat-trick for Chelsea, with only Arsenal 21 having more different hat-tricks in the competition. Jam. Mason Mount. You know, he'd had a slow start to the season by his standards, you know, especially in he, he obviously wasn't off the mark. But, you know, that was pretty good. That was pretty good yesterday. You know, three goals, lovely assist as well in just, you know, the type of performance, you know, we've, you know, come to expect from Mason. Good to see him back, you know, sort of at the levels we saw him back in the last year, well, pretty much all the last year. Yeah, absolutely. What I loved about it, though, the best thing I loved about it was Trevor Chalibur's, um Instagram message on his post you took it personally or something like that and you know what he's talking about he's talking about the Emil Smith Rowe comparisons or at least everyone thinks that he is who knows who knows but it's very likely that that's what he's talking about so obviously Emil Smith Rowe 
Big up him, by the way. Good player. Up and coming. He scored for Arsenal the day before. Mason Mount then scores a hat-trick after all the Arsenal fans started saying Emil Smith-Rowe is better than Mason Mount. Shame. He is not. He's not in the same planet. He's not in the same league. He's not He's not anywhere near what Mason Mount is. Champions League winner, Ballon d'Or nominee. Chelsea player of the year last season. Can we just, you know, get this into perspective, please, people? He's a great player. Mason Mount is a great player. And, um, you know, it's incredible how consistent he is. Yes, this is the first time maybe for a while that we've seen him just dip in form a little bit. But my God, was he back on it on Saturday. Playing with a smile on his face, playing with great agility. Like, it's amazing to see how agile he actually is. Like, when he's on the ball and how quickly he turns, absolutely brilliant. I love it. I absolutely love seeing it. His dribbling's really catching up now. He's... It's almost like he's getting that Samba setting sort of rubbing off on him from Diogo Silva. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think he's an absolute brilliant player. And it's great to see when he smiles. I think it's so infectious that everyone else just seems to smile too. He's got the right sort of air of confidence about him, a, a real positive sort of uh, demeanour. And it's, it's just great to see. And I thought his goals, he took them brilliantly. You know, what, obviously one was a tap-in. Um, the penalty is a penalty. It is what it is. It went in the back of the net. Um, and the first goal was, was superb. What a finish, honestly. What a finish. Um, but yeah, it was good to see him get his hat trick. And uh, I think afterwards, it was it was good to see him and Jorginho having a bit of banter. Obviously, Jorginho gave him the match ball. It was just good to see. Like, that is the one player I'd put ahead of anyone else to get a hat trick yesterday that was starting. So I'm so happy for Mason. Yeah, now it was, you know, really, really nice to see Mason back on the score sheet back. I think it'd been about 25 games. I think it was the stat for club and country about a goal. So it'd been a while for Mason, but delighted to see him back on the score sheet. And yeah, it was a really strong, strong showing from the boy who had a dream. Yeah, top, top, top performance as we've come to expect Mason. And Jam, I know the second goal score is going to please you greatly. Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, firstly, we just, I'm just going to pay tribute. Mateo Kovacic with a phenomenal through ball. And obviously, that was the first of his two assists the afternoon. And that's already now equaled his best, you know, that's already his best tool since he's been playing in Europe's top five leagues. So that's five assists for him so far this season. Uh, but Callum hudson he got that start. You know, we've kind of been really warning Callum to seize that, to get that opportunity now, especially with Timo out, Rom out. Um, and again, I thought he took it. He was really lovely on that left-hand side and, you know, a brilliantly composed finish as well. Cho-cho butter, man. I said it, he's going to cream Norwich. And what happened? He creamed them. And I, first of all, let me start with this. If there's, if there are a few things he needs to work on, he needs to be more lively. I, I can never get away from this. The basics of football, especially in the wing, is you have to be busy. In my opinion, you have to be busy. You have to be get. Busting a gut up and down. If you've got pace, you're blessed with pace, use that pace. And I think sometimes what he does is, I don't know if it's ball watching, but he just doesn't, he's not switched on sometimes. And I was saying it in the group chat beforehand, apparently people were saying that Tuchel was shouting at him, saying, you know, about his movement. And I had actually picked up on that. And I thought, what he needs to do is drop in deep and make a run in behind. He never really seems to do that. He just stands there or moves wide. 
So his movement, he really needs to work on that. And I think he's got that in the bag. So obviously Tickle shouted it, it worked. Because a minute after that, he does exactly that. <laughs> he drops in deep, pretends like he's going in for feet and spins. That's what you need to do as a winger. Then he, he's basically created that pass for Kovacic to make, which was a brilliant pass, but his movement has created that. And he, his finish was brilliant as well. And if that's what he's going to be behaving like on the left wing, then <laughs> this guy needs to be playing a lot more. Do you know what I mean? I think he's earned his chance to play more. Yes, he's still a youngster that's, in my opinion, still developing on a few fronts. But I think he needed that goal to get himself some confidence. And when a youngster gets that confidence in themselves, that's when they can ascend to the next level. So hopefully he can get a run of games here and there, or even just coming off the bench and doing something, just building on that confidence that he's got. And believe me, I think he's got a really high ceiling, but he just needs the opportunity to realise that potential. And he needs to help himself do that. So hopefully getting that success from Tickle shouting at him about the movement is now going to, drill that into his head that he needs to be busy. He needs to be constantly moving. Do you know what I mean? Other than that, I thought it was a great finish and I thought his game was pretty damn good. Do you know what I mean? I, I think he did very, very well. Yes, it's Norwich, but let's credit him. I think he did very, very well. He's certainly one of our better players. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And look, we had Adam Newson on uh, in the international break and we said, you know, this is the time these run of games is where we want to see Callum given an opportunity with who's unavailable you know, the Callum hudson Doy experiment, project, whatever you want like. Chelsea haven't really fully committed with. It's been a bit half-assed, you know. And this is the time now to give him that run of games and just, you know, to sh- him to show us what he's about. And it's been a really, really good start to that. Third goal scorer, Reese James. I mean, lovely finish. And also, I will just say as well, he at Norwich's poor left wing back, I think it was Giannoulis, got subbed at half-time because Reese James just absolutely bodied him that first half. It was honestly, you know, just like men against boys. And I say that Reese obviously is the man in this situation. He's only like, you know, a kid. But it was just so dominant from Reese James. And I think Jam, and I'll get onto it, you know, we discussed Chilwell, but the difference it makes when you've got Reese and Chile as your wing backs compared to Alonso and Aspi was just huge. But, you know, word on Reese James's brilliant performance. Yeah, just quickly, Nick. I mean, what you just said there is is the key to why we were probably complaining about Chelsea's attacking chemistry recently. You know, players are going to hug the touchline and can beat their man, have a bit of pace and are happy to get into the box. Alonso could do a lot of those, but he just doesn't really have the pace. So, you know, with him, it's, I don't know. I, I think maybe the defensive side is obviously what you'd question mark with him, but that that's not the point. It's just so refreshing to see two fullbacks of their ilk. Um, and yeah, Reese James, I, I absolutely love the guy. I, I think he's brilliant. I really do. I really think he's he's superb. And I actually think, funnily enough, Reese is a slow burner. Slowly but surely, he's getting more and more and more confident. He He's starting to be able to beat a man, which he can do, but he just picks a safe option. Do you know what I mean? But he's starting to... It's like the shackles are off now. He's starting to do these things. And that finish, I mean, we saw the finish against Arsenal at the Emirates, which was absolutely superb, by the way. 
and that finish against Norwich was brilliant. Was absolutely brilliant. Reese is one of those players you actually look at and go, maybe you're one of those players that could just play in every single position on the pitch, other than maybe goalkeeper. But he play, he's played centre back for us. He's played right back for us. He's played right wing back for us. He's played centre mid for us. Do you know what I mean? I think at one he, point he, he was striking like, yesterday. <laughs> well, this, is the, <laughs> this is it. We're finishing like that with a shot like his, by the way, even outside the box and a crossing like his. Who's to say he couldn't even play right wing or up front? Like this guy could probably do it. He's, he's, he's very gifted physically. Um, and I think now he's starting to realise his potential. I, I do think he's a slow burner. So I still think there's a hell of a long way for him to go to actually realise his full potential because I just need him being that effective every single game. And I think he's incredibly, he, he, he has the potential to do that. And I mean, every single game. That's how highly I rate Reese. He needs to now do that every single game. Not just Norwich, not just Arsenal. Go and do it in our next game. Who who, who we play? Um, well, it's Southampton in the League Cup and then it's Newcastle oh, yeah. in the League next well, weekend. Newcastle, do us a favour, just bang one. Do you know what I mean? 30-yarder, something like that. Just, I need to see him doing it a little bit more, being more effective and it will come. But he's a fantastic player and I thought that finish was brilliant. All he deserved as well, because I thought the whole game is, is absolutely superb. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, adding goals to his game now, that's his second Premier League goal of the season already. And I think, you know, it's, you know, pretty telling that our, you know, our defence do get a lot of our goals, but it's actually quite encouraging. I think now that our wing-backs, especially Ben Chilwell, who we're now going to move on to now, who scored his third Premier League goal of the season, that's his, scored in his fourth consecutive Premier League game, obviously scored the last game on the final day of last season away at Aston Villa. But he is, you know, a huge, huge part of this team and a big contributor to our attack. I mean, Ben Chilwell, the guy just can't stop scoring. He's, you know, from us getting frustrated about his situation, you know, wondering when is he going to get the chance? When's he going to get the chance? He is now, you know, playing and performing at such a high level that, you know, fair play, I think Tuchel's managed him pretty well. And now Ben Chilwell is, you know, one of the first names on the team sheet and, such due to his performance is such a potent threat going forward. Chili B. Man like Chili B, honestly. You look at the positives of Marcus Alonso, and Chilwell can do those as well. He he, he actually can. Maybe Alonso's better than him in the air, but you know, I'm not just making this Chilwell v Alonso, but I'm just saying the positives of that. Chilwell's so good with his attacking positioning too. He always seems to be able to get onto the ball. It's absolutely insane. This guy is, is like a winger. As soon as he gets into the final third, he just seems to attract the ball like a magnet, like a ball magnet. It, it's, it's absolutely... I don't know how he does it, where he just knows where to be, but he does. And that finish, have you seen the reverse angle of it? It, it is absolutely super the way he hits the ball right is just unreal the technique's superb he's hit that with fade so it's it's kind of gone away from the keeper and then uh bent back in towards the the sort of inside netting he hit that it literally when that shot got hit perfect is what you would have heard you honestly would have heard that and it's it's quite funny because i always pick uh, Chilwell v Luke Shaw because before the Euros I was just like I think Chilwell's better and I'm going to die on this hill 
Nope. Okay, Shulberto Carlos and all that. Fine. I know he scored in the final and it was quite a good hit. But today, I don't know if you watched that game, but Luke Shaw had a very similar opportunity to just strike one. Maybe it was a bit further out and he shanked it. The technique's just not there. Chilwell is, he's so, so good. I, I genuinely rate this guy so highly. Um, and I think now that he's got his confidence in, like you said, Tuchel managed him well. Now he's got his confidence. He's playing with a smile on his face. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. Honestly, he's he's going to be getting a few goals this season. And that's so weird for me to be saying about left wing back, but he is going to be getting a few goals this season. Maybe when he came back from that timeout, he was a bit shaky in defence, but that was just rustiness. Hopefully he's shaking that off now. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's quite funny how he has the same amount of Premier League goals as the sea merchant. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, for those who are unaware. But yes, yep. exactly. Played less games as well. Exactly. Exactly. And but with that goal, Chilwell, you know, Menet, Chelsea had four different English, four plus different English players scoring a Premier League match for the first time in our history. So now another nice stat from that game. And look, Jan, we you know touched by briefly earlier. Mateo Kovacic assisted two of those goals. He obviously assisted Callum and Ben Chilwell's goal. And I think, you know, I want to use this sort of moment to talk about Mateo Kovacic. Obviously, I think he had a you know, really strong overall performance. But one thing many Chelsea fans and I have been very critical of is his contribution to us in attack. It's sort of been, you know, I mean, defensively, you know, we kind of know his known his limitations and I'm okay with that. Uh, and to be fair, I think he's also been a bit better defensively this season. But going forward, it would be very frustrating. He'd dribble, he'd get us into a dangerous area and then he'd play a loose pass and he'd play, you know, under passes. And look, Brentford has said last week, he, we did see that. But I think given what we've seen this season, that was more of a one-off. Because, you know, he is contributing to our attack a huge amount now. And he is arguably, you know, one of the most important players in our team, you know, for helping us get on to get our attack going, really, isn't he? And seeing this transformation, I guess, you know, we're probably seeing the best version of Mateo Kovacic we've seen at Chelsea so far, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he's even getting chances now, like more than usual. Do you know what I mean? And uh, obviously he scored a goal earlier against Crystal Palace earlier in the season, but it'd be great to see him get a few more goals this season. I think that would just complete it. But yeah, he's becoming way more effective because I was also one of those fans that used to question him. It'll be an inquisition after every game. I'll be thinking, so what do you actually do? What's your purpose here? And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of um, quite a firm believer that everyone that has that plays in an elite team needs to have something that they are outstanding at. And he is an outstanding dribbler, but for a centre mid, I was like, mm, I'm going to question this. Like, what, what what are you bringing? And so far this season, he's he's answered the question. You know, he can link up play. He he, if anything, when he's on song, he's one of the perfect link players that you can have in that position in this formation. And his passing has dramatically improved. The consistency of the accuracy of it has dramatically improved this season. He looks like he really could get quite a few assists. Um, and, you know, like, like usual, his dribbling is probably the best for a centre mid in the league, at least. If anything, it's right up there for any player in the league. It's just outrageous the things that he can conjure just from a little turn that, that, that didn't exist. You know, I said it before, Mateo Kovacic can dribble through a monsoon without getting wet. He can. 
it, 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 this guy is so weird. Like you, you question afterwards. You're like, how did you get? How did you do that? He's he's just so agile, and you know he's got enough of a burst of pace to get away from people after he's danced past them. So, I think if if you know things go right for him this season, he can have an absolute stellar season. Certainly, be one of our better players. Um, you know, it's it's good to see it from him. I I just need him to keep stat padding, keep getting more assists, keep getting more assists, keep getting more assists. I know it's not all about stats, but I just need him to do that. I think. He needs to get that bit more respect for how well he can play and answer my question of what do you actually do? Because that's what he does. <laughs> he gets assists. Do you know what I mean? So fair play to him. Yeah, no, exactly. And again, a Jorginho assists for Mason's goal. And Mason Mount got one of those rare things, an open play assist for Reese James's goal. So well done for Mason as well. But obviously a person who also got an assist off the bench Ruben Loftus-Cheek, the remontada, the renaissance of Ruben Loftus-Cheek continues and we are all for it. And Jam again, I mean, again, with a caveat, it is only Norwich who are, and that was possibly the worst side I've seen come to Stamford Bridge in a long time. Ruben came on and he bossed that game and he also, you know, got an attacking contribution, got that assist for Mason's goal. He's been, you know, he's, we saw him obviously had the back-to-back Premier League starts um, before today. Uh, before yesterday, sorry. Uh, but we're just sort of seeing, you know, Ruben, not quite, you know, the 18, 19 room, but we, it feels like we're getting closer to that, you know, the version of Ruben we all know he's capable of. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. Um, slowly but surely, again, let's not um, sort of jump the gun, I think, is what I would be saying. I'm still, um, you know, the jury's out for me. I'm excited. I want to see him do well. I want to see him complete this remontada but I'm I'm still studying him but what I think is brilliant is that he brings a different profile of player that we don't have to that midfield that real physique bodying people um you know he, he seems to be getting stuck in a bit more as well into challenges I like to see that but um it's looking good it's looking good and he did well with that assist in the end because I thought he took a heavy touch and I was worried about it. I was like, oh, no. But no, he did He did very well. Actually, when he came on, it it looked good. I think he really helped push us to more goals, you know. Um, where, what do I see his future being right now? Is probably an impact player for now. That could change. Who, who knows? That could change. But it's good to see him coming back, playing with a smile on his face, getting these contributions. It's really good to see. Everyone wants to see that from Ruben. Um, I think if I'm being very critical, what I would like to see him do a little bit more, and I know this is kind of not his style of play, but just maybe to mix it up, is to play some first time or quicker passes. Because I think sometimes he goes in a bit of a dribble and then does it, if that makes sense. I'm being ultra critical, by the way. But otherwise, good player, good player, and very useful for the squad. And no one thought he would be this season. Let's be honest. We were all quite hopeful we would have a remontada, but he's looking pretty good. He's looking sharp. So more power to him. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And I'm talking of cameos off a bench. And again, I will caveat it with that we would, uh, you know, we were playing Norwich. We were down to 10 men at the time and we were 5 0 up. Well, I actually thought Hakim Ziyech had a really encouraging cameo off the bench. Obviously, you know, he was trying things, a couple of shots, you know, but one forced a really good save out of Tim Crew and one narrowly just curled wide. 
And look, whether Hakim Ziyech has a future at Chelsea or not, it's, it's still hard to tell. But given, you know, what we've seen from Ziyech, you know, prior to this, I guess that was nice to see, albeit, you know, given the circumstances, you know, circumstances they were, but nice to see, you know, Ziyech show us a glimpse of what he's capable of in the time he was on the pitch. Yeah, Ziyech, I, say, I, I keep saying this, he's the player that excited me the most from that um, 19-20 transfer window. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, he was the one that really excited me because he's a great playmaker when he's on song and the guy can shoot. You know, these are things that we were missing for the Chelsea team. And he's shown it in glimpses. When he's had a consistent run and he's peaked and got that form, you can see it with him. But he's been inconsistent. And I think the inconsistency has come from injuries. So he just gets these injuries, which knock him out for three games plus. And then it knocks him way off track. And I think this preseason, we were, who were we hearing the most? The praise was coming from Ziyech. He was our best player in preseason, apparently. Um, and then even the game that I watched, the Mind Series game, I don't know if you were at Stamford Bridge for that, Nick, but again, he was our best player in that game. Then he got an injury. Um, I can't remember when it was, but he got... Super Cup after he'd scored, yeah. Uh, there you go. So he even scored in that, then got the injury. That knocked him out for a few weeks. And then since then, he just hasn't gotten going. And I, I think he really needs... He's a player that really needs some time playing consistently to get into his groove. And then all of these extremely high-risk things that he tries, whether they're shots or passes, he's going to get more precision with it and there'll be more success. I haven't given up on Ziyech yet at Chelsea. However, I've asked a lot of questions recently and I am still convinced that he will have at least one more good patch of form. Um, we just need to see that soon, to be honest. We need to see him notching a good amount of assists this season. He needs to contribute. But it was encouraging to see his uh, performance for Norwich because I think it was one of his better ones since he got that injury um, against Villarreal. So hopefully he could build on that. I've imagined he'd start against Southampton. Um, hopefully he can get some contributions there because I think he's a player that thrives off that. He thrives off getting assists or goals. You know, I think he needs it. So hopefully he can get something there and build on that and see, you know, we can see what he can do then for the rest of the season. Yeah, I guess final player, I just briefly talk on, you know, the, the Eddie Mendy appreciation. Didn't have a lot to do, but he was one thing he was called upon to do. He did it. He maintained that clean sheet, which meant, you know, that we could all laughingly joke that Manchester United, for this, you know, conceded more goals in the first half than we've conceded all season in the Premier League. Um, but, you know, he you know he wasn't asked to do much yesterday, but the one time he was required, you know, he stopped us from conceding, got us that clean sheet, you know, was, you know, was untested on, you know, against Malmo, but just, I guess, just a brief word on Eddie Mendy. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, you could see what I've changed my name to on this, the Senegalese yeah. Gandalf. I call him that because, you know, it's a you shall not pass thing. He's, he's just adamant. You're not going to pass. You're not going to get past him. Um, I got so much appreciation for, for Eddie Mendy, where he's come from and where he is now just how he's made it his own position, how well he's settled in, how composed he looks on the pitch, yet he knows when to shout at his defenders. 
after he did that saving tackle or block against Norwich, goal-saving block, he got up and shouted and just screamed at everyone. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. I think he's just the perfect keeper for us right now. I really do. Um, and, you know, I've got to hold my hands up. I, I think initially when he came, he, he was a bit unorthodox with his feet. I, I kept thinking the mistake's going to come. It's coming. It's kind of, I didn't like it, but he's just, he's, he's on top of that. You know, he's, I think they've all, they're in perfect symphony, like the defence and him. He knows where to be to receive the ball and where to pass it. They know where he's going to be for him to receive the ball and where he's going to pass it. And it's just perfect. And um, this guy missing out on being nominated or shortlisted in the Ballon d'Or um, race is outrageous. But it is what it is. And he said, or Tuchel said, it's not about um, the necessarily those individual accolades as long as he keeps performing on the pitch like that. Perfect. Very humble guy. And, you know, we need to be giving him a lot of appreciation right now because I think he's solid for us. And we're going to miss him when he goes to the AFCON for a few games. We are. But, you know, equally, I, I, I'm going to big up Kepa and I reckon he could come in and do a job for us. So, yeah, Mendy's just absolutely refreshing. Big up, Mendy. Yep. And I guess on you know, another brief note, Trevor Chalabar started Premier League game yet again. Another clean sheet for Trev, and we're yet to concede an open play goal in the Premier League when Trev has played, you know, there was a dark horse before the start of the season. He's, you know, kind of made that position his own, and it's just allowed us to be able to rotate, you know, Cesar's Plaqueta a bit more, which has also been very nice. So big up to Trevor Chalabar, you know, again, another academy graduate, and yeah, against Norwich, it was very much a, a feel-good factor, a very, you know, good day for for the academy going to move on um to questions first question comes in from rj's part two uh which side of our flanks do you think was more lethal left or right and why it's a tough question because you obviously had mason you sort of had mason on the right with reese and you've got chili and callum on the left you know i think both of course have obviously callum on Snodoy whipped in the cross you know that got uh, a deflection off max Aaron's for for our fifth goal um so yeah it was it's tough you know <laughs> do we just say both were very good yeah I think I'm, I was just going to say can I get away of sitting on the fence for that because I was just thinking through all the goals and I feel like it's an equal share of where it came from <laughs> like genuinely it's a bit yeah I'm going to have to say both 50-50 um, absolutely fantastic for both sides so yeah sorry RJ 50-50 that's right. He's next, so I'm going to combine, which was perhaps a slight disappointment from the day, and it was a slight disappointment for me in FPL, considering he was the one Chelsea attacking asset I had in my team. Uh, but Connor and RJ4, what did you make of Kai's all-round performance? And Connor went a bit further. Does he absolutely need to do better now that he has a chance for a few weeks? Because obviously he got his goal against Malmo, really nice finish. Uh, but against Norwich, it was a bit... I guess frustrating with Kai, you know, given how well we played in the attack, he seemed to be the one that wasn't still quite out. Obviously, there's that one chance where Mason played and he hit it first time. It was such a weak shot with his right foot straight at the keeper in the first half. But, you know, I guess thoughts on Kai's all round performance yesterday and what does he need to do better now? I was also annoyed because I captained him and I had Sal in my team. So cheers, Kai. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> he, um, I, my nickname for him is Kai Habak. Because 
it, it, it fits, but I need him to actually realise that nickname. Do you know what I mean? I think Kai Havertz, and I don't, I'm battling in my mind to think if this is a personal thing about aesthetics or if it's actually what I truly believe. But I need him still to catch up with the pace of the Premier League. I don't think he's right there yet. I think he's doing better than he was when he came here, but he's got a nonchalant style of play. And I just feel like when there's a lack of space, that's when he doesn't play well. And Norwich, every single time the ball went into him, pretty much, they had a defender right on him. And I think he struggled with that. So unfortunately, he didn't have the best of games. But, you know, he did some things quite well. But I just, I feel like sometimes he just needs to, how can I put this without sounding like I'm a Brexit guy? Like, he just needs to, he just needs to run more. He just needs to, do you know what I mean? Just blood, sweat and tears, look at Mace and things will happen if, if, you, if you do that, if you're just an absolute pest. Just, I feel like, get that into your game a little bit more, Kai. Get a bit more Timo Werner into your game and maybe more success will come because I don't think you're always going to get the time and space you need to play the way you necessarily want to play all the time. And um, I think that's why he struggled a little bit. Give Kai time and space and he will he will thrive. But we're not always going to get that. We're going to get low block FC sometimes. We're going to get defenders man marking him. We're going to get five at the back. So I think it's up to him to just adapt a little bit. So I'm a little bit disappointed with the outcome of how he played. However, I'm not going to say it was a bad performance just disappointing it could have been better considering what everyone else around him did um and he's he's the first one that knows that so you know um let's see what he does in his next game i think he'll be all right no i think that's fair uh next question comes in from Dwayne. are we more fluid without lukaku or is it just norwich this interested me because I honestly thought that if we played rom yesterday i still think we'd have scored seven we might even have scored more because i genuinely think norwich were that bad but I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it because obviously you know the attack was we you know it was definitely the quickest I think we've played you know all season so how do you kind of view it all yeah let's be honest we're still trying to get used to the Kaku and he's still trying to get used to us let's let's just be honest and it will happen it will happen soon I'm sure um I think him not playing was kind of a good thing in a sense because it meant that we had to explore other avenues and I think maybe rather than him always being the focal point not that he always is but rather than that focal point there to answer the question the front three were definitely more fluid moving all over the place and maybe that caused Norwich problems that it might not have caused if Lukaku played he's more likely to be fixed in the middle um but i do still agree i think we still would have scored a high amount of goals for sure if lukaku was there so it's not that we necessarily played better or worse with him not being there but we played differently it was very fluid um and also at the same time whilst lukaku's coming to fill an obvious void because we didn't really have strikers that are of his caliber it is good to know that he can still win like that without a striker of his calibre. 
So actually, I think this is very confidence boosting for the whole team. And if anything, it may, knowing him, actually, he's coming back and he's, he's fuming that we got seven goals without him. But in the right way, he wants the team to do well, but he's just annoyed that he's injured. So when he comes back, he might just be on one. Do you know what I mean? So it might be good to see. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was fluid. It was fluid. All right. And similar-ish to that, Dan Hill goes, what do we do differently today in attack that we haven't before in terms of combinations and fluidity? And is today a blueprint for how to take the attack forward into the rest of the season? Or was it just a one-off given Norwich's poor display? Norwich are terrible. Norwich, Fortunately honestly. so. My yeah. prediction that they'd stay up is looking worse and worse by the week. <laughs> I mean, we pinched the ball off them in the transition so much, so many times, and it gave us a bit more space in areas. Um, what did we do differently? Um, not, not much. Not much. Maybe using high habits less than we would use Lukaku. So we may not have fed that ball into him, into his feet um, as quickly as we would with Lukaku, which meant that perhaps it gave more opportunities to Cho and Chilwell and Mount and Reese to get the ball in certain areas. Um, other than that, I, I think it was, you know, we, <laughs> we played very similar to the way we usually would. The centre-backs came forward, you know, Chalaba and Rudiger drove forward when there was space for them to which unlocked more space. I think Kovacic did quite well, but he did what he usually would. Jorginho did what he usually would. I don't think it was that different. Just maybe that initial ball into the striker was maybe less frequent. Fair enough. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier briefly, you know, Tom, but I, think, I just think the wingbacks made such a difference. On, I think, yep. you know, with the wingbacks, we were able to, especially with Chile, obviously we're getting in behind them a lot, but also we were just able to like pin them down. Like the amount of Norwich just really couldn't escape their half at all, you know, at some day just having to clear it and, you know, just shanking it everywhere. I do think the energy, obviously, both the wing-backs brought help out a lot. Again, just also, and I say, we just so much quicker. We were, I did feel we were a lot quicker on the ball. And since it was, there was perhaps less sideways passing, maybe due to that, the Norwich pass weren't as defense, didn't have as good defensive shape as, as other sides. So they were easier to, to break down and penetrate. But I, yeah, it was, in, is it a one-off? Look, we're, we're not going to score seven every week. We're not going to score seven next week against Newcastle, probably. But also, you know, I also do kind of think, you know, at one point, I did feel under Tuchel, we were due to give a side a hammering at one point. It did kind of feel that. Maybe not in recent weeks, given how we've played, but you did always kind of feel that it was possible we do that to a team. But yeah, it was It was just a... It's tough. It, there was just so much energy on that pitch. And, you know, I think... That was probably the first real 90-minute performance we've had since maybe Liverpool or Arsenal away at the beginning of the season. Before that, I think we've had played in like 45, maybe a good half here and there, but never a full 90. But that was pretty much a perfect 90 from us as well. And we just the energy levels never never really dropped. So that was that was nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Kamal goes. Um, I'm sorry, we'll go to chance first. Georgie, Cover, Kante and RSL, RLC, which pivot has impressed you the most so far? And which pivot would you go for on an ideal bay, day based on current form? I'm just going to carry it by saying this is like ideal pivot. I think he's all just opposition dependent. So that's why I'm just going to immediately rule that kind mm-hmm. of part of it out. But which pivot has impressed you 
the most so far? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Nick, to be honest. It's very opposition dependent. Um, I've seen Kante have some great performances this year. Um, I've seen Kovacic, probably our best centre mid this year. I've seen Jorginho do okay this year, you know. I think <laughs> I really don't know how to answer this question. I, I again, I feel like I'm sitting on the fence here. I think Jorginho and Kova, I think that their chemistry is insane. But when you add a Kante to like that, it'll be Jorginho and Kante or Jorginho and Kovacic. I think, which I would be fifty-fifty on as to who's done better. But you know, I think Georgie and Kova have played more games together this season because of Kante's injury. Um, so fair play to them. I'll give it to them. I'll say Jorginho and Kova have been probably more impressive so far. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll go. I guess I'll go with that. Obviously, that was the pivot we saw at the start of the the season, and then Kante's just been in and out, so he's never really played. We have seen, mm-hmm. you know, Kante and Kova, and we've seen. Cover and RLC was quite nice in a couple of games. Um, but yeah, I guess most impressed with it has been Jorginho and Kovacic. And yeah, yesterday was kind of a perfect game for him. We've now got three kind of similarish questions on on Callum Hudson Odoi to finish up. Firstly, from Max, has Thomas Tuchel seemed to like with Callum Hudson Odoi? Um, I'll say it's too early to to to, to go with that one because we don't know what will what happened, but Kamal, is Callum Hudson-Odoi a shoe-in to start the next few games, or are you still concerned Tuka will drop him the second Pulisic slash Ziyech are fit to start? He will probably start against Southampton. Uh, maybe not. It depends on what uh, Tuchel's plans are for him against Newcastle. Uh, you know, we have a lot of players that could easily play. Werner's going to be out. Lukaku's going to be out. Ziyech is obviously in and around the team now. Pulisic, I'm, I'm not sure he's going to be ready. The only reason I say that is when you have that amount of time out, especially a guy that's as injury prone as him, I, I really do think they're going to take their time with him. You wouldn't necessarily see say we're, we're, we're crying out for him to play in any of these two games. So, Cal, Mace, Havertz. Yeah, I, Cal's going to get some good game time and Actually, Southampton's at home. Why not play him against them? Get him, Ziyech, and Havertz, probably. Yeah, mm. that's what I think. Or yeah. You, yeah, maybe. Havertz, because I think Havertz needs to get a few goals. Who, you know, uh, he obviously scored against Malmo, but, you know, that was a bit of a disappointing performance against um, Norwich. It'd be good for him just to strike his thriving goals. If he's going to play up there, when he gets goals, it'll be good for him. So, yeah, Cal, Cal definitely start against Southampton and Newcastle will be interesting. I think he could start again. Why not? Yeah, yeah. look, I think if he doesn't start against Southampton, then he'll be starting against Newcastle. And also, it might be interesting yeah. that Callum Hudson-Doy did sort of get subbed off relatively early yesterday. So, maybe I was looking, one eye is sort of looking to to rest him a bit. And am I, look, am I concerned... Yes, because the evidence kind of suggests that, you know, I think Kalamazdoy has been given less opportunities than the likes of Ziyech and the likes of Pusic. So history does suggest to maybe be worried that, you know, he'll be dropped the second bare fit. But also, 
I think, and this this is the time now that when he, he's got these absences, he's got to put in those performances to say to Tuchel, no, you've got to play me. This kind of links in nicely with Dean Mears' question, which is final question. Has the time passed to say Callum needs four to five games? Does he just now need to fend? Does he now need to deliver like he did uh, against Norwich regularly, defender for likes of Werner, Pulisic, lol, Dean's words, not mine, uh, and Ziyech? <laughs> does he need to deliver regularly, right? Um, of course he does. Yeah. He absolutely does. And it has been too inconsistent from him, partly because he doesn't get the chance to play consistently, but partly because he has been inconsistent in games. I raised the figure earlier when I said his movement needs to improve for me. It 100% does. He can do what he did yesterday again and again and again. Let's look at this. Okay, someone that's a bit faster than him and plays maybe with more pace. Rashford, how many times do you see him do that run? How effective is it at getting him in on goal from the left? I swear to God, this guy could do it too. Cho, you could you could get that chance at once a game at least. You, you could do that. He, his movement needs to be better. He needs to be demanding to get on the ball a little bit more to, to, to really get up there. And I think that's when he's then on a level playing field with the likes of the other players. Because I think they're a little bit more influential at the moment when they're on the pitch, when they're on form as well. Um, but let's let's get it right. This guy is already an, a very good uh, playmaker, very good creator. We know he's got that in him. His passing is very good. His crossing is decent. His finishing needs a lot of work. But my God, if he can get some consistency in his performances, then why not? Why why will he not be playing regularly? You know, Tickles praised him time and time again. Obviously, he's got a lot of work to do in him. It's a work in progress, but. He could break into this team and be a, a regular fit, a starter. He could easily do that. He could easily do that. Um, so, yeah, let, let's see what he could do, man. I'm, I'm buzzing. I, I, I want to see him get a few chances and go from there. Yeah, and I think when we look at Callum Astor, obviously he's had chances at right wing back. And Tuchel's kind of said he's been, you know, he's played him there because it's for the benefit of the team, basically, because others can't really play the right wing back role. But I think when you look at Callum, obviously we, you know, have that really great performance against Everton in the 2 0 win last season, which jam you actually on for. We were, you know, so buzzing with Callum. Then we didn't see him there again till Southampton in the league. You know, it took it took eight, you know, one good performance there and he was, you know, back out the team. But I think every time we've seen Callum on the left of that front three this season, I think he's been pretty good. Southampton, you know, he was really good on, you know, obviously robbed of an assist thanks to VAR going back, you know. Okay centuries to deny Werner's goal but got an assist you know on the left-hand side against Malmo for Kai's goal and again got a goal against Norwich on the left-hand side also I say got that created you know the own goal and I think every time he's played on that left-hand side he has been a threat he's looked lively so I think it's just a question of like there's only so much he can do like if he doesn't get if he doesn't get picked you know for a game and we you know we we don't always agree with Thomas Tuchel's selection. You know, there's only so much he can do, but if he performs on the pitch, like he has done in that left wing role, then I don't, you know, see any reason why he can't become a regular starter in this front three. Because I said, Chelsea have got competition for places. And we've seen, you know, Chelsea already, you know, albeit he's missed a couple of games of injury as well, but Chelsea have already been able to be a bit less reliant on Mason Mount this season, which I think is a good thing. And yeah. by doing that, it then allows you to, you know, see others play more. So this is hopefully a really real opportunity for Callum Hudson-Doy now to stamp stamp down a market because this Callum project, as I say, we're into 
what the fourth season of it now, obviously under breaking through under Sari, uh, recovering a bit under Frank and trying to go again. And then last year was just really stop start. So, you know, this is this does feel like the season for him to try and try, try and do it. And this run of games we've got against this opposition is where he's really got to put down a marker because, you know, he's shown, you know, glimpses already, you know, this, this small sample size of games we've had recently that he's more than capable of doing a job. So he's just got to, he's just got to keep up because Chelsea's attack, while it is misfiring, there's still a lot of quality there. And, you know, Tuchel's not going to be afraid, okay, to, to take people to take people out and give others a go. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that, that answers your your question, Dean, that he's just got to deliver. It's the same with all our attackers. They've just got to deliver because the quality is there and they've got to fend off other quality in their position. But that wraps up this week's episode of that Chelsea podcast. As I say, apologies for no Jack. He's playing football and he just missed Norwich. So it just does make sense to have him on to admit, talk about a game he didn't see and he might be on next week. We'll see he's in Newcastle for that game so it depends what it's like and he's yeah exactly he's down there on a halloween as well so yeah it could be it could be a lively one uh but yeah <laughs> anyway i want to thank our guest jam for coming on it's always a pleasure when i have jam on the pod before we go jam give yourself one last plug where people can find you where they can find all of your chelsea social work etc yeah yeah um so free care again nah joking so carefree underscore jam um at carefree underscore jam that's on uh twitter instagram tiktok and um the chelsea social follow us on twitter at the chelsea social uh youtube as well the chelsea social youtube um and uh the chelsea women's page too um at the cfcw social both on Instagram too, so check them out. Some great edits go up there. Um, some really good work goes into those pages. So, yeah, um, give us a follow. Get involved. Engage with us. Engage with me. Uh, looking forward to it. But thanks for having me, Nick. Always a pleasure, mate. Now it is always a pleasure having you on Jamase. The guys, well, Jam obviously produces his great content as well. And the guys of Chelsea Social, Chelsea Women Social, brilliant team, Rob, etc. We've had many of them on. The pod, they're all top, top people. Um, so yeah, make sure you check them out. And all their links will be in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter at Pod on Instagram at Pod. If you're on Twitter, any likes, retweets when I put the tweet out, sharing pod is always greatly appreciated. It helps us get to as many people as possible. We're on all your usual podcast platform providers. Um, yeah, if you on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. It is greatly appreciate it just share the pod with whoever you know you think is interested at the end of the day we're just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love and you know life is pretty good at the moment we're sitting top of the Premier League we've got a great manager we've got a brilliant bunch of players and when we get to discuss 7-0 wins against Norwich life feels pretty good but until the next episode everybody keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.